Welcome to the Essay for Essays Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and this morning we'll be talking about the extent to which we can count on Social Security for our retirements. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor, Invesco. Every day, Invesco brings together ideas with technology, data with inspiration, and investors with solutions. Let's invest in greater possibilities together. Find out more at Invesco.com together. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Financial advisor Devin Carroll, in an article on MarketWatch, put together a list of seven social security myths that just aren't true. For example, Carol takes pains to explain that illegal immigrants will not collect social security, despite constant murmurings to that effect. And he explains why it is that the government is not raiding the social security trust fund, which handles bookkeeping essentially in the same way that banks do, and banks face no such accusations. It's a well-researched article, which I commend to your attention. For my part, I wanted to expand on the item that strikes me as the most relevant to financial advisors and their clients, which is myth number six, which holds that Social Security benefits are an earned right. Carol explains correctly that the benefits we hope and expect to receive are not a guaranteed right, but rather something that lawmakers can change as needed or desired. He quotes, as I too have done in a previous podcast, what your annual Social Security statement says explicitly, as follows. Your estimated benefits are based on current law. Congress has made changes to the law in the past and can do so at any time. End quote. He also goes over two Supreme Court rulings that unambiguously limit citizens' claims to their Social Security benefits. One of these cases, Helvering v. Davis, states that Social Security taxes are like general government revenues and not earmarked in any way. A second landmark case, Fleming v. Nestor, objects to the notion that Congress cannot deprive contributors of promised future benefits. In other words, citizens do not have claims on their FICA payroll taxes in any legal contractual sense. That is what Carroll shows us in his article, and my purpose here is to amplify that by noting that not only are Social Security benefits not a right we can bank on, but why it is extremely likely we will be entering an era in which our Social Security benefits will be reduced. Now, this is a matter of great controversy, and I am certainly aware of the arguments that Congress would not dare reduce benefits because of the political sensitivity of the matter. I get this logic. Washington, D.C. is an elegant city, and the trappings of power can be mesmerizing. Politicians don't want to be sent back to the boring old districts from which they emerged after all the glad-handing they did on the hustings at chicken and pea campaign events. But my perspective is that the mathematical sensitivity of the matter outweighs the political sensitivity. First, the fiscal imbalance is such that the U.S. is already slated for a 25% benefit cut starting in 2035. However severe the current numbers may look, we will all see with even greater clarity that Social Security's surplus will be exhausted once the last of the baby boomers begin making their claims in the years ahead. Conversely, we will not see a surge in contributions offsetting those claims because of a permanent shift to lower birth rates. Those words come from the Social Security Administration itself. In actuality, these demographic trends that have shifted the ratio of beneficiaries to workers have only gotten worse. 
But while this ratio is the key to understanding Social Security, it's the U.S. government's debt problem that makes me think a political fix is untenable, no matter how much politicians may want one. Social Security is already the government's second largest budget outlay, exceeding $1 trillion annually, a number that will shoot up by almost a third in 2023, the last year calculated by the U.S. debt clock. That number will then skyrocket as the rest of the boomers get in line to make their claims by 2026. But U.S. GDP, currently at $21.5 trillion, is expected to reach $25 trillion in 2023. In other words, economic growth is no match for debt growth. Worse, total U.S. debt is expected to rise from the current $22.8 trillion to $30.2 trillion in the next four years, expanding the debt-to-GDP ratio from 120% to 134%. In short, liabilities will increase rather sharply, but there's little basis I can see, demographically or otherwise, to expect any dramatic increase in government revenues. The government could issue new debt, but the debt-to-GDP ratio I noted for the year 2023 is apt to be much higher in 2035. My expectation is that global bond investors might balk at funding the retirement of tens of millions of Americans, when the robust growth of yesteryear cannot be assumed to be repeated. Social Security will still be there for future retirees, but it seems most plausible to expect benefits to be cut by at least a quarter. For all these reasons, it would be prudent for advisors to work with clients to create private pensions, with Social Security viewed as supplemental income. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich, and our podcast was sponsored by Invesco.